0: Does God care? Let me start by asking you a question. How do you show someone that you care about them? How do you expect people to show you that they care about you? Perhaps it's with some special words. When someone says to you when you're suffering a loss, Oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, I'm so sorry for the pain you're going through. Their words comfort us and they show us that they care. Perhaps someone says happy birthday to you when you're celebrating that special day. Their words again show us that they care. But what speaks louder than words are actions. And my guess is that most of us see actions as the ultimate way of proving and being proven to that people care. When we see inactivity we have to conclude that the other person doesn't care. No present, no card, no hug, nothing like that. Very quickly, we summarize that there is no concern at all involved in that situation. Have you ever been in that situation and you've thought to yourself, God, why aren't you doing anything? Not why are you doing something that I don't like, but why do you seem to be completely and utterly absent from my life? It can be a real personal question. As we're in the pit, as we're walking through the storm, as the pressure cooker builds and the temperature rises around us. It's you, it's God, and it really matters when it seems to us that nothing is happening. Don't you care? We can ask that same question in a far less personal way, but no less important a way. When people tell us stories of things that are happening in our towns and our villages, when we turn on the news and we read stories about things that are happening around the world, we can sit and we can reflect and we can ask the question, doesn't God care about any of this? Surely, if he cared, he'd do something, he'd act. And all we see is nothing, inactivity. You know, for some people, and this may be you this morning, that inactivity leads them to go a step further. Not only does it generate a frustration within them, um, a question to bubble up, does God care about any of this? But actually to go that step further, to get the rubber out and to erase God from history completely. That if he is not acting, then he doesn't even exist. You could be in any one of those places this morning, asking the question from a real, personal point of view, asking the question from a slightly detached, more general point of view, or perhaps having given up on the question because you've already decided that God doesn't exist. What can I say to you this morning? Welcome. You are not alone. You're not alone today, You certainly aren't alone throughout human history. People have always asked this question, struggled with this question, wrestled with this question. One of the things we're going to be doing over the next couple of weeks is seeing how people, even in Jesus' day, ask the sort of question that we ask today. And we're going to get to eavesdrop in on the answers that Jesus gave to the sorts of questions that we still ask right now. This morning we're going to look at a story from Mark's Gospel, Mark chapter 4, and it's an occasion in which Jesus' inactivity caused some of his closest friends to question whether he cared about them at all. Whether he cared whether they lived, whether he cared if they died. Then we're going to look at how Jesus responded to that situation and see if we can find answers for ourselves. I'm going to hand over to Rosina now, and she's going to read to us from Mark chapter 4, the story of Jesus calming the storm. Thanks, Rosina.
1: And the same day, when the evening was come, he saith unto them, Let us pass over unto the other side. And when they had sent away the multitude, they took him even as he was in the ship, And said unto the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said unto them, Why are ye so fearful? How is it that ye have no faith? And they feared exceedingly, and said to one another, What manner of man is this, that even the wind and the sea obey him?
0: I'm not sure how many of us have been on a boat in a serious storm. Few perhaps, but not many. Regardless, I think that we can relate. We can feel the terror that must have gripped them. They aren't just uncomfortable, are they? They're fearing for their lives. The wind is howling. The waves are crashing. The boat is rocking and groaning. But, not to worry, because they've got someone pretty special with them in the boat. Someone they've already witnessed deal definitively with disease and sickness. Someone that they've already witnessed dismiss disobedient demonic beings. Someone they've already witnessed stare down spiritual death and offer in its place forgiveness and life. He's the same one who invited them to follow him. And not just to follow him on some madcap adventure, but to follow him into full and abundant life. The storm is scary, of course it is, but they travel with Jesus. And that makes all the difference. Except right now, it doesn't seem to be making any difference at all, does it? as the wind is gathering pace, as each crashing wave gets louder and stronger, this Jesus who's already done so much in front of their very eyes, he's literally nowhere to be seen. When it looks like push is coming to shove, when the chips are finally down, when words are worthless and actions are worth their weight in gold, when everything is going totally and utterly out of control, Jesus is sleeping. You could not get a better picture of inactivity than that. You could not get a better picture of someone who simply isn't concerned by the circumstances or apparently for his comrades. You can try and create your own story, but you won't get a better picture of how we all feel when the darkness surrounds us, when it presses in on us, and it seems that God is doing absolutely nothing. Don't you care if we drown? Don't you care that we're about to die most of us have never been in that boat but we can relate we can understand what's going on their question is our question uttered in a thousand different circumstances don't you even care just a tiny little bit jesus's answer comes in two parts first of all jesus speaks to the storm And then he speaks to the disciples. What does he say to that storm? Hush, be still. And with those simple words, the waves and the wind are silenced and calm. It's amazing actually to see that what is terrifying for his followers is trivial to him. How Jesus treats that storm shows us that inactivity may show many things, but it does not show inability. His lack of intervention wasn't because he was unable to do something about those raging seas. Throughout the Bible, those raging seas have been used as a measuring stick for power and authority and control when humanity comes face to face with them, it's the ultimate symbol of the untamable, the ultimate unknowable. But when God comes face to face with them, well, it's, it's nothing of any concern to him. Take, for example, Psalm 33, a meditation on the majesty, the grandeur, the authority of God. In that psalm, we find this thought. By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made, their starry host by the breath of his mouth. He gathers the waters of the sea into jars, and he puts the deep into storehouses. Those are vast oceans in their entirety. Not just the localised tempest subduing this small boat, but all of it. To God, they're just like filling up a bottle from a tap. To Jesus, that which causes his followers to presume that there's an impending death, to him it's nothing. Nothing that a word can't dismiss anyway. But ability and power and authority, they're only part of the puzzle because the question wasn't can you? Can you do anything about this? The question was if we paraphrase it slightly. Why on earth aren't you doing something about this? And so we come to his response to the followers, his answer to their question. Don't you care that we're going to die? And Jesus says, why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? By the time he speaks those words, Um, the answer that he gives, he has already acted. He's already dealt with the very thing that had filled them with dread. But I'm still not sure whether his response is that satisfying to us at first glance. Why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? Apparently, Jesus' answer to them and to you and to me, to the question that we ask, in testing difficult circumstances, his answer is, why don't you have any faith? According to Jesus, the missing ingredient wasn't his action, but it was the disciples' faith in him. Now, for this to be a satisfying answer for us this morning, we need to try and grapple exactly with the question or exactly with the idea of what faith is. I think too often we settle for an idea of faith which is nothing more than blind optimism, crossing our fingers and wishing for the best. That would mean that Jesus is saying what they really needed to do as the clouds grew thicker and darker overhead Was just to close their eyes and wish their wishes. But that idea of faith, blind optimism, it doesn't do justice to the word. And it certainly doesn't do justice to the situation that they find themselves in, does it? Later in the New Testament, one of Jesus' followers is going to define faith this way. Faith is... Assurance or confidence about the unseen. Now you might not immediately be able to tell the difference between those two definitions. The true definition given there or the false definition that I started with. But when we scratch at the surface a little bit we we begin to see how it's something completely and utterly different. The disciple who penned that difference, that true definition confidence in the unseen, goes on to describe what that looked like in the lives of many of the ancient saints. He cites people like Noah, like Abraham, like Sarah, like Samuel, like David. These weren't people who blindly hoped for the best. These were all people who had already heard who had already seen something of God, what his promises were for them, how he keeps his promises. They'd seen it, they'd experienced it for themselves. And that allowed them to keep their hope in the fulfilment of promises even before they'd come to pass. Faith then... Confidence in the unseen isn't foundless, it isn't blind, it isn't simply wishing for the best, but it's responding to what God has already revealed. There's something about experiencing God in one moment and trusting him in the next that we can call faith. When Jesus answered his disciples then, where is your faith? We need to remember that they had already seen so much. He'd already promised to love them and care for them and to lead them into life. So faith in their present darkness, in their present storm, would have been continuing to hang on to the light that they'd already received. Don't you care, they asked. And Jesus might as well have answered, I've already told you. And shown you that I do. Jesus responded to the storm. He responded to the disciples. Let's take a moment now to think about how he is responding or what he is saying to us. We weren't on that boat and presumably our fears are being stalked by something different altogether. We've never come face to face with Jesus and his miracles, or heard from his very lips the sorts of promises those disciples had heard. So what on earth can he be saying to us in this situation? You know, I think our gut response is right. That for us to know that somebody cares, we need to see action. Someone can say certain things, but unless it's followed up, then ultimately it means nothing. You do prove to someone that you care through the things that you do. Words are a starting point, but action is what really seals the deal. And if you read your way through Mark's Gospel, through the story of Jesus' life and death and resurrection, you discover that he made promises not just to the people who followed him, but to anyone who would follow him. Whoever loses their life because of me will save it, Jesus said. Whoever gives up everything to follow me will make it back a hundredfold. Jesus said, I have not come to be served, but to serve and to give my life as a ransom for many. Those weren't just words spoken to a niche gang in Israel, wandering around with their rabbi. These are words that are extended as an offer to each and every one of us. And they were backed up by action. You see, Jesus acted once and definitively for all of those who would follow him. He backed up everything he said by going to the cross and dying before rising to life again. Jesus acted in dying in our place and as rising as our precursor. We sit in a place, in a time, when we can look back on all of that and know without a shadow of a doubt that he does care. More than that, we can know without a shadow of a doubt that he does love us. Faith, for us then, is being certain of that. And because we're certain of that, being certain of what is to come. Faith, for us, is trusting on the in-between. What terrifies us may be trivial for Jesus, but that doesn't mean it's unimportant. What's immediate to us isn't being ignored by him. Perhaps there's waiting, perhaps there's unnoticed action, but there's certainly not a lack of care or concern or love. You can confidently come to Jesus with your question, don't you care? And know that Jesus's answer is, you know that I care. You've seen that I care. Now trust me through it all. Lord God, we thank you. We thank you that you are a caring God. You are an acting God. You are a powerful God. You are an everything God to us in Jesus. Lord, we don't like it when the storm clouds come. Lord, we don't like it when the darkness wraps itself around us. But we know that the light has come into the world. We know that Jesus came and lived and died and rose again in our place. Lord, give us the eyes to see the unseen. Give us faith to see and to trust in what He has already done. Lord, let that build up, let that bubble up inside of us to have faith and confidence in what He will do. Lord, and help that be an answer to us in our darkness, in our distress in our suffering and our hurting, as we cry out the question, don't you care to know? Yes, he does. Unquestionably, he cares for us. He is acting, he will act, and that we can trust him always. Amen.